Yeah, I you can even hear that. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I was asked to give a devo- devotional tonight on the subject of prayer, and I want to start by thanking all of you who pray for us so much, and we hear that you do, and we believe you, and we sense it. I do not know <laughs> what God is going to do ultimately uh, with my wife's cancer situation. I don't know. I know what I would prefer, but I do not know what his will is. I do know that the, the grace that has followed us uh, through this process to this point has been nothing less than amazing, um, to quote one of my ancestors, John Newton. But anyway, <laughs> and, it, and it has, and it continues to be, and I know that it will in the future as well. The grace that taught my heart to fear is the one that also relieves my fears. Um, but thank you so much for your dedication in prayer. Um, there's, there, there are just no words to express how much it means to us. Uh, the Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. In First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 7, we have these exact words, the whole verse, one of the shortest verses in the Bible, three words. It's in the list of things that we're supposed to do. <laughs> Number of things there that we're supposed to do. One of them is just pray without ceasing. And I know you've heard a lot of explanations about that. I'm sure you've probably heard a lot of lessons and messages on that particular subject. And I'm going to try to talk about it a little bit, but we're going to go and look at it from a little different angle. We're going to look at it from another verse in Romans chapter 12. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to look at Romans chapter 12. Um, pray without ceasing. What does that really mean? Uh, I've heard a lot of explanations myself, and all of them make some sense. Uh, I don't know if I understand it completely, but I think Romans 12 and a few other things can help us uh, as we look at that, that question. What, what are we talking about when we say pray without ceasing? I'm sure you've heard people you know, say things like, I'm not going to drive down the road with my eyes closed because I'm in prayer without ceasing, and you know, things like that. We say things like that, and we, we all know that that's not going to happen. We also know that I'm, you may be the exception. I don't know. But uh, I don't think most of us really pray constantly every waking hour of our lives. I, I doubt that. I, I could be wrong, but I'm literally speaking prayers to God 24 hours a day or as many t- day, hours as we're awake. I, I doubt that that's true. Does that mean that we're living in sin? I don't think so. And so hopefully we can understand a little bit about that as we uh, take a look here in Romans chapter 12, um, and I want to go down to verse number 12. Again, another list of things to do and not do in here, and verse 12 tells us to rejoice in hope, to be patient in tribulation, and to be continually, continuing instant in prayer. A little different language there, continuing instant in prayer. Now, if I were to ask you tonight, uh, uh, the, the King James word, the Elizabethan English word, instant, if you have a verse in your mind, you may not know the reference, but is there a verse that comes to your mind when you think of this word, instant? Don't say it out loud, but if you have one, raise your hand. You know, a verse that, that comes to your mind, I'm not trying to embarrass you, but there's a word that, uh, there's a verse that's pretty popular that we hear a lot, it has the word instant. Anybody got that? Know what it is? Have an idea what your idea is? Okay, I see a few hands. 
and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the, my mental trick here. Um, you probably, uh, <laughs> probably where Paul is talking to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, and where he tells his, this preacher boy, he says, uh, preach the word, be instant, in season and out of season. See, you'd have to pay a lot of money to go see somebody who could read your mind like that. You got it for free tonight. Right? That's what you're thinking about with the word instant, I hope. <laughs> but it, it, and it is an int- a very interesting word, and it's, it's really a simple word, and I think we understand what that means. I think even from the context there in 2 Timothy 4, we can understand the context of that. Um, be ready, he says. Be ready. That's a good, that would be a good modern kind of a translation word for it. One way to put it, be ready, Timothy. You've got to preach the word. And you've got to be ready to preach the word. You've got to be ready for whatever comes in the ministry. See, there's a context there. Paul teaching his young disciple, his son in the faith, uh, about the ministry. And he said, Timothy, you've got to be ready. Uh, you've got to be prepared. We could, we could go into that aspect of it. There's a lot of things we could say about that. But, but, but the ministry is going to come at you. Timothy, basic is the idea. You're in the ministry. You're going to be preaching the Word of God. Things are just going to come flying at you. It's just going to hit you. And you had better be instant. You had better be in the instant, if you will. You better be ready for those things that come. We have a little bit different language here, and honestly, we have a different uh, word in the original language when we get to Romans chapter 12 here, where he says to be, he says, continuing instant. Now, those two English words come from one Greek word. That happens a lot. But to try to get the sense of the Greek word, we have a couple of English words to help us explain it. And that's what happened here. So we have over in one one case, be instant. He doesn't say be, but it's implied. Instant, in season and out of season. Just be that way. And that is the idea. You need to, you just need to be that way. You need to be ready, man. It's coming. Okay. Here, there's a little different sense, the same kind of idea. The readiness is still here. The idea of readiness is still with us here, but he says, continuing instant. There's a little different sense here. There's a sense of of motion. There's a sense of time passage, that something's going to be going on here. You need to continue in this state of mind of readiness in prayer. Does that make sense at all? I know it's a little strange, but we have in this verse these three ideas that I think just come together in the idea of prayer because first he says rejoicing in hope. We rejoice in hope, don't we? First Peter, uh, first Peter chapter 1, verse 3. This is the verse we took for our, for our name of our church in Portugal. Uh, actually, two churches that I, I had the privilege of, of um, planting, and then another church that we helped plant also took the name, and we call them Living Hope Baptist Church. There's just Each one of them has that name. Uh, they've chosen that name. And that uh, comes from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, and in the King James, of course, it talks about a lively hope, the idea of something that is alive. It's moving. It's breathing. Uh, it has life. And that's exactly what we're talking about when we talk about the hope that we rejoice in. We're not rejoicing in something, well, I sure hope everything works out. (laughs) You know, there's a sense that we feel that. I know that. And I'm not trying to criticize anybody that feels that way because there are times when we doubt. Let's just face it. There are times that we're we're pushed down and we're we're trodden upon and and life's hard. and, and, And there are times we're just like, well, I hope everything works out, you know. 
And we can, we can feel that way a little bit, and we can say things like that, and we can go along that way a little bit. But you know, if you're, if you're really a believer, you know, that, you know deep down there's something else. You just know there's something else. Something that's worth rejoicing in. A living hope that you can rejoice in. We have Christ. What else do you need? I mean, what else? We have Christ. I'm teaching in Sunday school over here on, in, in Genesis, the first part of Genesis, and, and it just is one of the things that came out strongly to me in the study was, was the testimony of Adam and Eve to their children. And they had it, <laughs> and then they lost it. How real is that to them, right? And then when God makes a promise to them, it begins to be fulfilled. They, they, they don't see the whole fulfillment, but God comes to them and redeems them. And then the part we're studying right now kind of hit me today in some of my study that poor, poor old Adam <laughs> and Eve, I suppose, too, had lived 900 years with that on his conscience. <laughs> you know? And yet, and yet, and yet, deep down, I mean, we, we say, well, I hope everything works out. I can imagine Adam feeling that way sometimes too, seeing the whole world just going, you know? All those other, probably millions, maybe more people going the wrong way. And he knows that he had a hand in getting that whole ball rolling. So he probably lost hope sometimes. But I still have to believe that even in that, he had that deep down rejoicing in his heart, knowing in whom he had believed. When God called on him and said, Adam, where art thou? And he believed and he came and he let God save him. I just have to believe that even in that circumstance he rejoiced. Rejoicing in the hope, it says here, that we have. And then he says, patient in tribulation. You know, if you've studied your Bible much and you've been around here, I'm sure you've heard things like this, that the word patient here is the idea of bearing up under a load. And I won't give you my illustration today. I've already given it here before. But bearing up under a load, something that's heavy, but you don't stop. You just keep going. Even in tribulation, that's, that's hard to deal with sometimes. It's hard to think of. We continue instant we keep going. We're, we're, we're ready in our prayer because we have a living hope and because we have learned and are learning how to bear up under the tribulations that come. We're patient about it. We're not desperate in it. I, you know, I've had with my wife's cancer, I, I, I'm, I'm, I am no superman. I'm going to tell you, I am no super Christian. I have had bad times. I've had times when I didn't feel like rejoicing and I didn't feel like bearing up under anything. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. There have been some rough times. And again, I don't know where it, where it all exactly goes. I don't know, you know, I still hope God will heal her and he can, but I don't know if he will and what does that mean to me? And, you know, I, I don't know. Too many things I don't know. But thankfully, there are some things I do know. There's some promises I can stand on that his grace is sufficient and that my redemption is 
sealed and it's taken care of and, and, and so is hers and, uh, and heaven's ahead. And I can still rejoice and I can, that gives me strength to bear up and say I'm going to keep putting one foot in front of the other and I'm going to keep going by the grace and the strength of God. I'm going to do these things. We already mentioned in 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says to pray without ceasing. I think that's kind of the idea we have here. The continuing ready to pray. There have been times when I couldn't pray. I don't know if you've ever been there. Maybe I'm just the only unspiritual guy around. I don't know. But there have been moments, particularly this whole ordeal that we're going through has, has, uh, has shown me a lot about myself. It has really dug down deep into, into who I am and my relationship with God. There's no question about it. And there have been moments where I wasn't questioning God per se. I wasn't necessarily mad at God. I was just flat, you know. And I get those moments occasionally still where I'm just... <sighs> you know, I, and I know I should pray <laughs> and I should pray with rejoicing and I should bear up under the tribulation and move forward and sometimes I just don't want to and I suspect some of you at least are probably the same way <laughs> but the Bible commands us to continue instant in prayer there is, there is great uh, benefit in the discipline of sitting down and going through the things that need to be prayed for and praying for them. And you do that for us, you do it for a lot of different things. It's a, it, it is absolutely important in our Christian life. However, there are a lot of times when we just don't have that luxury. Things come at us. Timothy needed to be ready for the, for the, for the trials of the ministry, and we need to be ready for the trials of life. And we need to continue in that because we're going to fall from it and we need to come back to it and we need to get back on track with it and we need to be in a position in our mind, in our heart, in our soul that we, when these things come or when it comes for someone else, we can just, you don't necessarily have to have a list. It's great. I'm not condemning anything. <laughs> but I was saying you don't have to have these things on your list but something comes up and you just, you're ready. Your heart's tuned there. You're ready to pray. And you just pray. There are times when you don't have time to get down on your knees, even if your knees are okay for doing that. <laughs> you don't have that moment. You, sometimes you don't even have a moment to stop. You've got to be doing something, taking care of something that has happened. The Bible tells us that we're to rejoice in the hope that we have that's a constant thing going on with us. It should be. We need to be bearing up under the tribulations that come, and we need to be ready to pray at all times. I really think that's the, the biggest part of the idea of pray without ceasing. I really do. It's like never have a gap, or try not to have a gap, in your, your, your heart being tuned to cry out to God. Social media is kind of a weird thing, isn't it? Some of you probably absolutely abhor it. Some of you may be addicted to it. If you are, get help. Uh, <laughs> but it's an interesting phenomenon, it has to be said. It is an interesting phenomenon. And um, I don't use a lot of it, but once in a while I get on this or that, you know, and see what's going on, mostly family stuff. But once in a while, somebody will pop up on there on one of those things and say, pray for, the, pray for this situation. I try really hard to be ready for that moment. 
I try. I, I, don't, I don't always get there. And boy, does it convict me, though, when I pass over something like that, you know? And it may be something that's not all that relevant to me or doesn't even seem that important necessarily to me. And I even think that to that person, well, that's not a big deal. You know, it's a big deal to that person if they just ask you to pray for it. If you're continuing instant in prayer, how hard is it to just say, God, have your will in that. Show grace in that. Make your love known in that situation. How hard is that, you know? I think, that, I think we miss out on that. I think sometimes we think that we have to do the, we have to pray. <laughs> and again, I'm not against it. <laughs> we do great stuff here having prayer meeting. It's wonderful. It's, a, it's biblical. It's right. But at the same time, I think we maybe, maybe sometimes <laughs> we <laughs> maybe lean on that and are not walking and talking in an attitude of readiness. Situations come before us that affect us directly. Do we pray? Again, we don't have to fall down on our knees and go through a long, lengthy, our Father, we are who art in heaven. And, but do we? Prayer, and I'm, I'm going I'm to close with this. Um, the, 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 there's a couple of verses that I put references to down in the book of Acts. And that's just kind of the idea of in their time of tribulation, you know, in the first part of the Christian time when the, when, the new, when the church is being formed and all, there was a lot of tribulation. People were losing their lives, their livelihoods. They were losing everything. And the Bible says they continued in prayer. The Bible shows us that they, one of the things that they just made sure to do was pray. They did that. And so in times of tribulation, it's a good thing to do. Prayer, I, I, I want to leave you just with this one thought. And you, you take it, chew on it, spit it out, whatever you want to do with it. If you don't like it, don't bother but I really honestly believe, and this is super simple, but I really believe that the essence of prayer is demonstrating our real and true trust in God that we proclaim we have. But when we go to Him, you don't, you don't go for help. Don't come to me all right? You're, and you wouldn't. <laughs> You're not going to come to me for dance lessons, okay? You, I might fool you. No, I'm just kidding. I've never danced. I have no idea how to do it. I am not, I'm sure I'm not tur turned that way if I wanted to be. <laughs> and you can just imagine this would look like some sort of stomping hippo up here if I tried to do something like that. So you're not, you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't have any confidence if you wanted to learn how to dance. Don't do it, all right? That's against us, but that's, we don't do that. But I'm just saying, that's like an extreme, right? You look at me, you're not going to, I'm going to go get dancing lessons from you. <laughs> no, you wouldn't trust me to teach you how to dance. Don't, please, don't, just don't. <laughs> but do you really trust God when you don't feel like rejoicing? Do you really trust God when you're going through tribulation It'll show up. It'll show up in whether or not you keep going back to that source of grace, that source of power, that source of love in prayer. As everything rolls along in life, continue instant in prayer.